Hi, and welcome to Health, Wealth and the Pursuit of Happiness, a podcast that will empower you to live a more inspired life and find real freedom. Each episode, Mark Dale Mazer and Aries Jimenez discuss best life practices, covering topics ranging from health and well-being, to true wealth and our relationship to money, to understanding what real freedom and happiness really is. They provide tools and a system for helping you live a balanced, authentic life in complete harmony with your mind, body and soul. Hey, Heartfelt, hello and welcome to our podcast listening audience. Mark Dale Mazer. Aries Jimenez. Our topic today is a good one. So we've talked about the changes that need to occur when one has a really inspiring life plan. Changes that will really help support the life plan going forward. And this is the last of the big five, not necessarily last as in importance because they are all very much interconnected and all very, very important and key to one living their life plan. Today, we're going to talk about relationships because when we're moving forward towards a big vision or a true vision of who we are and what we want to be about in the world, everybody around us does play a very vital role in our ability to fulfill that vision. We're social creatures, and ultimately, really none of us can do it alone. We need the energy, we need the support of key people in our lives, so this relationship thing is a pretty big deal. When we move forward to make a change in who we want to be, or what we want to do or have in our lives, it's important to surround ourselves with those that can ultimately relate and understand our vision, and will support us in the endeavor to achieve it. They may not have necessarily a direct support, but just to be sort of with you in in mind and in heart is really important. But all of us come to the table with relationships that go back a long way. And as we evolve and as we change, and that's what life planning is all about, really is giving yourself a chance to really evolve and grow and change which I think is very natural and normal for human beings. How do we do this relationship thing? How do we evaluate? How do we determine? How do we possibly even consider maybe making some adjustments to the community of relationships that we have? What are the obstacles and what are the challenges to make changes? Some with very long standing relationships. And maybe we make some of those changes. Maybe we don't, but either way, We know that the unexamined life is not worth living. We also know that unexamined relationships really require an examination as we go forward because of the impact the people around us have on our lives. So we're going to cover that in this episode. The challenges, our risk to change or not to change these relationships, what's that all about? And so we're going to be engaging in conversations that will hopefully be interesting for you and maybe a catalyst for yourself as you explore what kind of changes you need to make maybe in this area as well. Thoughts on that, my friend? The thought I have is you'd mentioned, you know, us evolving and changing. And I think with that, our relationships have to evolve and change. In our existing relationships, they have to continue to grow. Right. I mean, I think relationships, they're either growing, you know, or dying. Right. Just like everything. Yeah. You're either getting closer and taking your relationship to kind of that next level or 
or it's not. It's not growing and maybe it's taken taking a step back. So I think one thing we can do is take a look at what are the different types of relationships that we have. I think there's a, a number of different ways to take a look at that, right? An example would be, you know, we have acquaintances, which would be people that maybe we run into based off of kind of whether it's work or our personal lives. We know them by name. You know, if we see them like, hi, you might catch up some small talk. But outside of that, the relationship doesn't go beyond just running into them. Maybe you might need them for something and you know what they do. And so you, you reach out to them. But And then you also have friends, right? Those are people that you intentionally spend time with, whether you part of a group, you share something in common, but you know, you're intentional about making the time and the effort to to develop and connect with that person, you know, develop that relationship. And then I think from there, it goes into something that's maybe a little bit deeper, deeper relationships, and that could be friends and family, right? The one interesting thing about family, right, is we all have family relationships. They're important, but they're all at different levels too in terms of the depth and the closeness, right? That's true. So we could take a look at things from from that point of view. I think another way to view relationships too are there are relationships and and this might be maybe relating to to personal growth or maybe as it relates to your career and the work that you're doing, but you have relationships where people are pouring into you. So it's kind of like you have a mentor maybe or you have some sort of professional relationship with somebody, whether it's an advisor, a health coach, whatever that might be, but they're pouring into you. So they're looking to help you out with a certain aspect in your life. But we also have those relationships where they might be kind of like a mentee where we're pouring into them, right? And so we're looking to help them and kind of share knowledge and help them grow. So I think there's a number of different ways to view relationships, but absolutely relationships are important in order for us to live our most inspired lives. Because I believe that if the life vision that I have or that you have is truly inspired by spirit, it will require more people outside of yourself. I mean, that's that's what it is. You know, we kind of put that out there that we believe that we're all spiritual beings, right, in human bodies. And because of that, there there is something that makes us interconnected. It does. Yeah. Yeah. You make an interesting point about the spiritual aspect of it. In my own personal experience, as I've really explored this question, as I've progressed through into my life plan, and clearly today have many new relationships that have really come about as a result of some decisions I made with my life. And one of the things that I think is key to those of us that are following maybe a different path on our life plan than the path that we maybe started out our life in is that spiritual side of it. I think that those people that can make the biggest difference in support of what we do are people that really understand how we came to where we, where we currently are through the life planning process. They don't necessarily need to understand the process but do they understand how you have sort of come from, let's say, 
a very egocentric life to whatever extent that may have been for you. Because I think for those of us that find true inspiration, as we have discussed on this podcast, that that inspiration is really being birthed not by ego, but really by spirit. The very basic understanding and definition of the word inspiration is of spirit. And we don't mean it conceptually, we mean it somewhat literally as spiritual beings. So if people are in touch with that aspect of themselves, they can be all the more, I think, a real significant partner because if your relationships can connect on a spiritual level, I think there is a certain inertia. I think there's a certain energy with that that can be beneficial not only to you, but to them as well, where you can have some of that shared energy spiritually as a major area of support going forward. Lord knows we all need, I think, as much support as we can get on our journey. So that's something I think to keep in mind. And the way I sort of went about it is I looked at my relationships very strongly, very carefully, and just initially just became aware of what I was getting or not getting from a relationship. What was I giving or not giving in a relationship? What was the purpose of the relationship? Where was the value in the relationship, both to them and to me? Yeah. And that helped. And I think it's I think it's a useful exercise for people to go through as they begin to navigate the waters for their life plan. You're looking at resources. You're looking at ways to really progress down your path. Because there's always obstacles. There's always opportunities. We're going to talk about obstacles and opportunities that relates to relationships. But, you know, when we explore this thing, we got to keep in mind, where are they in relation to my vision? Where is this person in relation to my vision? And it's first important just to understand that and then let your spirit sort of guide you in that relationship accordingly, whatever feels good and appropriate. But I think it has to start with an awareness of, yeah, what's this person in it for in relation to my vision? What role can they play? And as long as we're authentic in our conversations with them so they can truly understand it, you can even all the better evaluate and come to terms with their role in it or not, depending on what sort of fits. You know, one of the tools that we've talked about in previous episodes is this tool called the Wheel of Life. You know, it's a wheel and there's nine different areas that it touches on, them being family, health, leisure, learning, inner growth, home, community, work, and finances. And I think a way to get started to start thinking about your relationships is to take a look at this wheel of life, the different areas, and just make a list of the key relationships, both personal and professional, in each one of those areas. Yeah, great idea. And obviously, there's going to be some areas that have probably more relationships. You know, an example of that might be like family, right? For me, if you have a big family, I mean, you can make it's a pretty big list. And even for work, depending on the type of work that you do. But when you look at the other ones, like, like health, right? Like, who, what are the key relationships in this area of health in my life? 
Yeah. Right. And and do I have any oh, of them? Maybe right. I don't have any at all. Right. I don't really have the support, or I don't have any professionals that I could leverage. And this is where it really ties into unique ability too, is you know finding other people who are very clear regarding their unique ability and what their passions are and how they truly want to help people and how they want to bring value to other people, right? This is where, you know, again, back to, it's not ego-driven, it's spirit-driven, and it's all about giving back. It's all about making it about others, yeah, right? Because if we are truly working within our unique ability, just by, by helping others in that way, it kind of fills us up and it gives us energy too, yeah. right? So- that's that's a symbiotic kind of relationship, right? And so, you know, health. So looking at, at each one of these, health. And I would say that, you know, because part of filling out this exercise is you, you rate each area from 1 to 10, 10 being the most satisfied and then 1 being kind of the least satisfied. But I would say that there's a, there's a correlation regarding areas that you probably scored lowest in to the types of relationships that you probably have in that area interesting or or the support that point or the support that you need yeah those are some things that come to mind for me yeah i like that so in the framework of of the work we do we spend a lot of time with our our clients and even our prospects before they become clients really exploring a lot about where they're at and how they feel about this that and the other thing and we use the wheel of life i think it's really interesting that is such a useful tool on so many levels because it initially does give them and us a barometer as to where they are on a scale of one to 10 in all these areas of their life. But what's really interesting as you're talking about it is, yeah, like where are the people in your life for each of these components or parts to your life? And then I see it as almost sort of moving into a help to have a vision when you have a vision for what you want to do or who you want to be or whatever it is that you want to experience or have, then the question is, how do I move down the path to, to achieve these things that are at my heart's core? People do play a key role there. So by almost looking at your life from a compartment standpoint, that here's my life carp Compartmentalized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having a tough time with that word. No, that is but, a tough but word. The, but the concept is there. But when you look at your life that way and then start tying people into each of those areas of your life, you can begin forming a vision for the role that you not only want certain people to play, but then you look at the roles that are needed to support you in these parts of your life. Yeah. You bring up a great point about the health. You and I have had multiple conversations around health. As a passion of mine, dude, I am like off the charts people-wise in support of yeah. health. So th- talk about that a little bit, Mark, because I know you're very passionate about health and you've talked to me over you know several years about the different people that you have in your life to help support you in that. Yeah, so, so yeah. What does that look like for you? Well, it looks like this. And very simply, it grew out of really pain and suffering and the realization that my normal Western doctors really did not have an answer for what I was dealing with, which for me was these chronic headaches. And the thing that we all have the opportunity to do is when something is in front of us, it's working or not working. We have a choice. We can live with it. 
we can just shrug our shoulders and say, oh, well, I guess this is just my cross to bear in life. This is just my lot to suffer in this way. But I never, never have ever accepted anything like that, no matter what it is in my life. And so I remember coming to a place where my primary care physician, one of my favorite physicians that I've had, John Rivas out of Chicago. So John had told me at one point when we were kind of going over this headache thing, he goes, well, I wish I knew what to tell you. I really don't know enough to really kind of suggest sort of a cure. What you're doing to handle the symptoms, truthfully, you may not be comfortable with, but trust me, there are people doing far worse things to deal with the symptoms than you are. And I always thought, well, you know, that's comforting to know that it could be worse, but, you know, logically, it just never made sense for me to continue down this path of, you know, just using over-the-counter meds to kind of control and manage the pain. So I said, I can't do that for the rest of my life, that's for sure. And so I put out the intention. I just remember coming to a place where I said, I need to find other sources, and I knew nothing about this stuff stuff in the way of other sources. And so I knew nothing about alternative medicine. I knew nothing about Chinese medicine. I knew nothing about alternative modalities, Zippo. And then I was visiting my dad. And then out of the clear blue sky, he says to me, we were talking about the headaches. And he said, you should go see the person that Marsha, who was my stepmother and his second wife, had been seeing for, for her maladies. And, and so I did. And it just literally changed my life. And he was an acupuncturist and a Chinese medicine practitioner and completely turned the tables for me on diet and what to eat and why. He educated me, which is probably the most important part about it. Gave me five books to read. You read these five books, otherwise everything I'm going to tell you, you're not going to probably live accordingly. And you need to understand why you're doing these things. And I have probably even mentioned possibly before in this podcast, but I am not bashful about saying that this man, no matter how long I live, I am convinced that Jim Reese will have added 10 to 20 years to my life by just changing the way I approach food and all kinds of other lifestyle-related habits. And it's true. And it's true. And that really started me down that path. But even with Jim, you know, he was not local. You know, I had a long distance relationship working with him. I had to fly over, you know, I had to fly to Phoenix and drive up to Sedona every time I wanted a face-to-face. And then he moved to California. And then he moved to West Bank, Virginia. So it was like I then continued down this path but felt I wanted to learn more. And so I began doing research and I continued to really experiment and experience other practitioners who all bring a different level of knowledge a different approach to the game, a different approach to the kinds of things I was dealing with. And finally settled into where I felt like I really wanted a team of three people. So I just felt that's what I needed, all of them being somewhat different. So I have Jim on the East Coast. We do everything by phone. And what's his role again? I consider him my overarching sort of CEO of my body, (laughs) where he's kind of setting the vision and always kind of bringing me back to the straight and narrow. And he's using highly advanced technology that he uses over the phone in terms of reading energy and and dealing with the chakras. And his story is well worth anyone's research. And in the show notes, I'll provide information on how you can reach him and talk to him. And he 
will be one of our, our guest speakers or participants in our podcast probably at least once, maybe twice. He has so much to, to really offer. And his relationship with his wife and what his wife had to go through, I mean, it's an amazing story, all experientially based. But so that's what he is for me. And so I actually connect with him once a quarter, no matter how I feel. We kind of go through the protocol. He gives me sort of some feedback on kind of how I'm doing through his he has these tools that measure through the phone waves. He's kind of like your 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 general he's physician. He's like my general. Yeah. yeah he's my okay. general practitioner. Okay. And then I have a specialist in oriental medicine and acupuncture that's local here that I rely on. And then I have some people that I've actually kind of brought into my life that are naturopaths that are around the country that I have kind of tapped into for some specific knowledge or particular types of testing or whatever the case may be or support in different parts of my body. One of the things that I have learned that's been a great value is taking responsibility for my health and learning how to read my own body, learning how to read functional medicine test results, and taking a lead role with my practitioners and kind of guiding them along the process as well. All of them are very open-minded, active participants in the conversations we have around my body and the support that I'm giving it and the kinds of things that they may recommend or that I may want to try myself. Yeah, so that that right there is a is a great example of an area in your life where you kind of know what you want or there might be some certain challenges and things there that you want to kind of not necessarily fix but grow no, but from, it was, right? It is. Yeah. A, for me it was a, a combination of fixing and supporting and growing in for yeah. sure and learning. And you have that team now. I have the team. Right? I have the team. Like another example of that would be like a pro athlete you know what? What type of team does a pro athlete yeah. need to have to right. just support them in the in, exactly. in the work that they do? Exactly, right? Like a football Perfect player. Analogy. Yeah. Right. You have a trainer. You might have a personal trainer, a nutritionist. You might have a cook that cooks for you. I exactly. mean, everything that you put in your body, right? Like you need a you need to watch all those different things. So it's critical. So for us individually, then we look at each one of those areas, and there is a team that should be supporting us in each one of them. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. So back to the wheel of life, right? And this whole concept. So I think a big part of it is taking inventory right now of who you have on the team. Maybe you don't have anybody you know, in a particular area, but then it's also, that's why it's so powerful to know and ha- having this vision of what you want for your life in each one of these areas and what a 10 would look like. And then now that you're clear on that, it's okay, who do you need in your life? What relationships, both personal and professional, do you need to help support you, to help you achieve that vision, right? So that's yeah. kind of where we go. And that's why we tie it back to this whole true vision, big vision, right? We do. Yeah. Cannot underscore probably the importance. And I'm thinking about this as you're talking and realizing that, that this wheel of life really is a great foundational tool for a life plan on so many levels because all of us need balance. And I think this wheel really strikes the balance of all the key parts of our lives. And even to the part where we have like a inner growth and what, you know, you and I have talked about is more of a, a spiritual, you know, side to it, which is how I look at inner growth is a little bit more on the spiritual side. So kudos that we're bringing it up. Kudos for you bringing it up and that we're talking about it is what I really meant to say. 
kudos that we're bringing it up. <laughs> kudos for you for bringing it up and that we are talking about it in those terms. So for our listening audience, when you hear us talk about this, and of course you can go back to the show notes from some of the early episodes where we actually have the tool available for you to look at. As part of our, I think it's an episode three that we actually offer that. No, it's episode four on the Big Vision, True Vision that we actually offer the workbook that has in it the actual wheel of life. But looking at it in relationship to the relationships that you need to go forward in, set that intention. Set that intention for finding the right people that can really align with you in some of these key areas of your life, particularly those that you really feel a yearning to shore up or to grow deeper in. It'll be a huge boost to your life. And so this is where we have an opportunity to build these relationships, right? And I think one of the things that's that's important that we need to have a discussion about is the importance of relationship skills. Because I, I feel like very similar to money, right? Like our relationship with money, it just kind of happens, you know, our, our personality. I mean, our relationship with money, as an example, is like our past experiences, our own personality regarding money. I would say the same would be relationship skills because not too many people learn how to develop great relationships. It's kind of something that, well, I take that back. I mean, growing up, as you go through school, right, and, and you know, as kids with your parents, I think that's where we learn a lot of our relationship skills. Yeah. But at the same time, too, it's there comes to a point where we have to take responsibility for the relationship skills that we have. Like we have to take it to another level and we need to continue to grow in in those skills. Right. And so one reference and I read this book and one of the things that really jumped out to me, I don't know if you've, most, most people have heard the, the seven habits of highly effective people. Oh yeah. So Stephen Covey, he talks about this concept of the emotional bank account and that in a relationship, there's basically, there's activities that we do to make deposits in a person's emotional bank account. And then there's also situations where we might take a withdrawal, right? And so I, I view deposits as, just us continue to bring value into the relationship, doing things to make that other person happy, to make it about them, to make them feel valued, right? And so you make these deposits and, and the, the relationship grows and it gets stronger. But then just like any relationship, there might be some conflict or there might be some things that maybe we didn't know or we didn't do it on purpose, but we might've hurt that other person. Sure. Or we might've said we were gonna do something but we didn't do that, right? And so those would be examples of taking a withdrawal from the emotional bank account. Yeah, exactly. Right, and then exactly. ideally what you wanna do is you wanna be in the positive because if you if you end up withdrawing more than you actually deposited, I think that's where you're in a situation where you probably don't really have a strong relationship or you risk maybe losing that relationship altogether. Yeah, you go bankrupt and you sort of overdraw the account and there's fees and all kinds of yeah. yeah, things that you good. don't want to deal with. Yeah, for sure. So I really like that that analogy or that concept. It's a great concept, for sure. Yeah, I never knew it actually came from Stephen Covey. Yeah. Because we've been using it in our family. Catherine brought it into the family, and I thought, wow, that's really cool. I'm going to ask her if that's where she got it from or where she just heard it. But that's it's nice to know that 
comes from a good source. Yeah. For sure. So let's talk about these relationship skills. Yeah. That's, you know, what are some other skills that are, are necessary to continue to build a relationships, right? Like one thing comes to mind for me is just kind of the awareness and just being, a, being aware of, of these emotions. Yeah. Or communication skills, right? I mean, that right there yeah, is, sure. that's a number one. And it's not just communicating maybe how you feel, because I know some people naturally can struggle with that. That might not be a strength of them, of theirs, to be open and be vulnerable about how they're currently feeling or how they feel about the person or a situation. So communicating that, but also like listening too, right? Yes. I mean, part of communication is is listening. Yeah, it's true that we we learn relationship skills pretty much from our parents. They model it. No one teaches it, but we learn just by observing. And I think that you're right on with saying that to get the most out of a relationship, there are some certain basic skills required. And what's important about the skills is not what it necessarily gets you, but I think what it does for actually enhancing and building the relationship with in which both parties will benefit. And that's how you have to come to the table. When we talk about the importance of leveraging relationships, I mean, it isn't about a one-way street. It's not only for, for you, for us individually. There has to be a two-way street. Emotional deposits have to happen on both sides of the equation and of the relationship. But I think there are some basics that every person needs to be aware of, kind of where they stand with these basics. One is understanding trust. Trust in a relationship is is foundational. And you cannot get around trust. You can't fake it. You can't pretend. You can't conjure it up. Trust is a natural, really, result. It's a natural result that comes from being honest and simply being someone of your word. Yeah. Okay? If you cannot be someone whose word is, is reliable and really count on on a regular basis, you will compromise trust and that relationship will only go so far and only so deep. And it doesn't matter whether you have the skill or don't have the skill. It doesn't matter whether or how you have it or don't have it. It doesn't matter. What matters is you assess appropriately. You look yourself in the mirror and get really honest with yourself. Where do I stand on the skill of trust? Do I have it? Well, what are some things that some people can do to lose trust? I think by not being honest. So be, just being caught lying? Well, caught lying, I think there a lot has to do with sort of the significance of the lie and what it really means to the other person. I think one of the great people skills is really understanding another person and what's really important to them. Because we all have things that will really be a tipping point for us in a positive or a negative way. We need to know what that is. So if I, you know, I look at my own relationships, even with Catherine, my wife, and I know the things that are really most important to her. And I have to honor that. And honor that in every way, whether that's making a commitment whether that's simply doing something around that particular thing that I know is really important to her, 
whether I make that particular thing a priority over other things, things that I may want to do that may compromise that particular thing. And they could be very small things. But either way, you kind of know what it is about that person and where they really need to be honored and you just make sure you honor that in every way. That may be that I know that I'm going to be uncomfortable sharing this, but I know that they will want to know that. Mm-hmm. And so you share it. Right. Or you may know that this will not be something honorable for them and therefore I'm not going to share it. That's all part of the mix. When you don't honor someone, I think you you tend to hurt them, right? Well, you can hurt them. Yeah, and if you do hurt them and they know that it's not coming from a place of of love, I think that's where you could lose trust. Sure. Right? Yeah. I also see if you're just looking out for your best interests and it's all about you all the time, I think that's one way to to lose trust as well. So the complete opposite is true too. So in order to build trust, just make it about other people. Make it about them and yeah. what's important to them. Exactly. You need to follow your words with right action. Yeah. You can't just be about the language. You got to prove the words are valid and that they're viable, they are sincere, and you need to act out what you're talking about. Action speak louder than words. It totally does. Right. Totally does. And that's trust right there as well. So that's a that's a huge skill. One book that I like to reference is the Five Love Languages. Yes. So I think that book is is powerful too. Basically, it's it's about you know, there's five different love languages. And I think with building trust and building relationships, for me, love should be at the center of that. It doesn't matter what type of relationship it is, but if you're coming from a place of love, you're going to have a solid relationship. And so the five are, I think, one of his acts of service, gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, and then physical touch. And this book is really meant for like your significant other, right? Yeah. But I think yeah. these, these any, it, it definitely applies. Yeah, it, yeah. Do, it doesn't matter. And so if you're aware of that, that each person, one has a love language that, and that's how they express their love to other people, but that could be very different too regarding how they receive love as well. So knowing what that is for each person too and just focusing, making it about them and speaking their language, I think is a huge plus too to build trust. That's a skill. Yeah. Skill is really understanding their language of love because if it isn't your language, you can speak all you want, it will mean nothing to them. It might actually be a negative. Yep. Your language is your language, their language is their language, and you need to speak their language. Communication, which is a, another great skill, that's the art of communication, is not what you say. It's that you want to get across what you mean, and you do so in a way to be sure you take the responsibility of the other person truly understanding what you're saying. It's, it's on you. It's not on them to understand. And that's a skill. And that's even for some people a mindset shift because too often we just sort of come to the table with our own frame and reference of an issue. And we maybe think we're being very clear and we're maybe talking passionately, honestly, openly, but you know what? Again, if they're not getting it, it's nothing wrong with them. It's you. 
The responsibility is not on the receiver, okay? It's on the giver. And having that perspective will greatly enhance your communication skills. So one of the challenges regarding relationships, especially as it deals with supporting kind of this inspired life, right? This vision that we have that we want to live mm-hmm. is that there are people in our lives that might not necessarily support kind of the direction and, and where you want to go and who you want to be. So, you know, looking at the wheel of life and if you, if you jot down all the different names of the people, all the relationships that you have in each one of those, I think one of the challenges is is that there are some relationships on that list that don't necessarily support kind of the direction that that you're going and what you're trying to move to. I think that could be hard. It is hard. What do you do? We all have people in our lives that are negative people, Mm -hmm. right? You know, we talked about this in, in the energy episode and they could be a drain, right? They could be downers. And so, it's it's a matter of kind of knowing and assessing kind of who those people are and just putting them in, in their proper place, right? Like some of them could be family. Right. 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 And and you can't really do anything about family. You're gonna you're gonna see them, you're gonna run into them. I mean, you're gonna love on them, but at the same time too, you just wanna make sure that you are being aware of the effect that they have on you and that they might not necessarily be inspiring you to kind of take steps forward. They might be holding you back. They might be. And then there's the other side of it too with people, which I just love this concept, which came to me, as you know, with a couple coaches that I've hired, a husband and wife team, Ed and Jody Jacobson. And in the course of one of the calls leading up to the actual engagement was as I was kind of like pouring out my heart and my soul and a bit of my frustration where I'm at. And then Ed said, so... Mark, what you're really trying to say is you want to have different conversations in this vision of your life plan. Am I right about that? And it was like the light went on. Because the interesting thing is I'm looking at these people, all these people in my life, and I'm, I'm looking back at sort of how every day unfolds and the things that I'm doing. And I know that I'm doing some things that are really not fully congruent with what I really want to be doing. And, you know, that's fine. I mean, cool, not a problem per se, but, you know, I'm aware of this and I'm wanting to be more of the things that I really want to be doing. But I always thought of it in those terms. And then when he sort of brought up this perspective on conversations, then I realized, well, you know, what's really interesting about that comment is that when we talk about people in our lives, what is it about with people? It's the conversations. Yeah, how you're interacting. Right, think about it. We're not sitting there like looking at someone all day. We're interacting with them. That's conversations. What are the conversations you're having with this person? Are they conversations you want to be having? Are they meaningful? Are they meaningful conversations? Are they conversations leading to what you need as a human? Are they important? Spiritually. Yeah, all that. Emotionally, are they challenging your mind? I mean, whatever it is for you, Is it fulfilling? Is it helpful? Is it meaningful? All these things. So when he made that comment to me, I mean, truthfully, that's, that was like in Jerry Maguire was you had me at hello. It was like, guys, you had me at the conversation comment because 
that really summed it up for me. And it just gave me a different perspective on how I'm looking at the world around me in the scope of people. And now looking at it from a conversational standpoint. And I had already sensed that, but I couldn't put it into words. Like I'd identified certain people that I thought, you know, I love them. I, you know, respect them. I like them, but what's missing here? And then I realized it's the conversations that you're having with them that I've always had with them or other people that I'm currently having with them. And then almost realizing the people that are coming into my life in a more meaningful way are honestly those people that are having conversations that I want to have. It's like I'm starting a conversation and they're joining the conversation. They're deepening the conversation. We're connecting about the particular subject we're talking about in the conversation. And I'm realizing that's what's getting me like energized. Yeah. That's what's getting me really excited because I'm growing and I'm learning and I'm able to exchange ideas with someone that understands, not like smart or anything like that kind of understanding, but more spiritually in tune with some of these subject matters. The connection is how you connect. Yeah. I mean, that was like an aha moment for me. And so I think for our audience, and as you're kind of listening us banter about the importance of the relationships, don't underestimate this part of the relationship. It's big time significant. And so think about that. Yeah, Mark, I know we, we talked about this leading up to this recording, but you know, when we assess relationships, you know, one of the examples or analogies that, that really came to mind for me was this whole concept of, you know, when, when you're planning your wedding yeah, and the guest oh, yeah. list, right? Right, exactly. And so person's wedding can be one of the most important days in that person's life that they're planning around. And so, you know, there's these decisions that we need to make regarding who you're going to invite. Some of the most stressful decisions you will make planning a wedding. Right. And a lot of these decisions, at least for me personally, like when, when my wife, when Mel and I went through it, right, you asked, there's certain questions that you ask and the way we went about it, right? It's like you have your A list, you have your B list and your C list of all the people and you just make a list of all the people that you have in your life, right? That are important and that you would consider and would want to invite to your wedding. But there's a couple of things that come into place, such as what's the maximum capacity of the venue that you're going to have or what type of wedding do you want? Do you want a big wedding or do you want a small intimate wedding? And so you get to kind of choose you make the decision on how big or small it is. And then based off of that, like how many people you actually want to have there and you have to draw the line somewhere. Right. And so you're asking, okay, who is this person? Why are they important to me? Are they important to us? Because we're planning this together. And then, you know, I know for us anyway, cause our parents helped us with our weddings. We actually all went in kind of three ways in, in, into it. And so because they had some financial resources, into this and I know it was a big day for them too right that they kind of had to say who they wanted in the wedding too right so to me it's just a great example of planning something that's important in this case a wedding day but in our case and what we're talking about here is we're planning your your most inspired life and the resources that we're talking about both financial which also applies to a wedding and then you obviously have time and 
and energy, but assessing these relationships in that way and seeing whether or not they they fit in or if they make sense to invest those resources in them so that way they could support you and what you're ultimately trying to plan is for you to live out your best life. Yeah, exactly. So where do we go with that? Where do we go with that? I think next, some next steps would be to just make a list of just people that you have in your life. I think one way to go about it is, you know, we mentioned the wheel of life and doing it that way. I think another way too is just every day, just write, write down the people that you come in contact with, right? Whether it's at work or you know, even on the weekends and you're, you're planning to go out or you're going to parties. I mean, you just make a list, take inventory of the relationships that you currently have in your life. Yes. It's a really super powerful exercise. When I did it the first time, which was, I think, under the banner of Michael Hyatt's Live Your Best Year Ever. And I think he talks about that a little bit, or either he does, I don't remember if he actually specifically talked about making an inventory of people, but I remember making an inventory of people. And I remember making categories, not so much good, bad, or anything like that, but more like like people that were supporting me in this area of my life or that area of my life, like we talked about with the Wheel of Life. And it is, it's really, it's actually very empowering. It's actually very empowering. And I remember coming away from that saying, okay, these are my four key people for this. These are my four key people for this part of my business. Because then part of it was relating to like the new type of planning business that I wanted to like take to the world. And you almost have to do that. You almost have to do that. And of course, the first step, like anything, is awareness. So you put these people down and you are you know exactly what these people are bringing you. And you know exactly sort of where they fit in for you. And this falling under the topic of obstacles and opportunities, opportunities are, oh, wow, yes, I can, I can deepen this relationship. And I want to deepen this relationship because they could be this. And we have a synergistic connection in this regard. And and it could be mutually beneficial, whatever those kinds of things are that you're thinking about when you look at each individual. Of course, the other side of the spectrum is obstacle. You know, is this person actually blocking my ability? Is it maybe a negative energy thing? Or it isn't the right conversation I want to be having? Or they might be judgmental of this particular vision that I have and how I want to live this way. It doesn't matter, whatever it is. But to know it is hugely important in step one. How you deal with those people that maybe are obstacles to your vision, don't fret about it, okay? There's a natural sort of way that this can play out. And I probably wouldn't even go there. Don't focus on the relationships that you need to kind of step away from, but let's just focus on the key relationships that you need to focus on. So those are the the ones that you want to say yes to, you want to invest your time, your energy, maybe in some financial resources, right? If if they're professionals. Sure. Those are the people that you want to say yes to and then just have those relationships take up most of your time and your energy. And let the rest just sort of be what it is. Yeah, fall into to their place. Because you only have so much time and that's a really great point and really the most really healthy way to deal with it. Yeah, I think that's a great a great place to start. And then obviously we'll want to have more more conversations and talk about some other some other things regarding some of these key relationships. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we maybe I'd like to backtrack just briefly on is there anything more we want to touch on regarding unique ability and how this all plays in 
to our relationships? Is it, it's a combination of certainly identifying unique abilities in others and knowing what it is for you as well. Just curious, is there anything more? Did we, did we hit on all the right notes on unique ability? You know, I think with the unique ability, and that's why it's important for us to really, we, we, we need to start with ourselves and get clear as to what that is for ourselves. And that I think naturally, the relationships that will give us the most energy are the ones that allow us to be ourselves and use our unique ability. Yeah. So I, that's definitely one piece. Good point. And I think one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this whole concept of unique ability is helping other people get clear as to what that is. So you know how to connect with them. You know how to support them. And you also know how you could work together and leverage their unique ability too. And so I think a unique ability could be a key component to the way we we assess these key relationships and what they bring to perfect, the table. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cool. What else on relationships as we're kind of winding down to the conclusion and kind of summarizing this particular episode? What would you say in closing on the topic of relationships as part of the big five? In closing for me, I know it's very hard to kind of put an emphasis regarding the big five, like regarding which one's most important. The way I view it is, when we're at the end of our lives and we're, let's say, on our deathbed, and I've, I've visualized myself and I think about me reflecting on my life, one of the things that I, I will definitely be thinking about are the, the people, you know, the relationships that I've had, the people that I got a chance to meet, the people that have helped me grow, the people that I've helped grow, right? And so for me, relationships are very important. I'm a very relational type of person. And so that's how important it is. You know, back to that that whole concept of us being the the product or the average of the five people that we spend the most time with, I would say our lives in general are summed up by the people and the relationships that we have. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, we talked about before we began this podcast, like sort of where does a relationship fall in importance of the big five and we had some interesting conversation around that. I said that really, they're, well, we both agree they're all interconnected. But I said I think the two most important changes for one to achieve their life plan, depending on how grand and sort of how far away they are from achieving that life plan based on where they are today, I think the two biggest pieces to me are time and energy. And it's because it's something we control and it's something that we can manage. and. Often, I think, again, I will reference this in my own experience, that these are the two areas for me that I think were and have been somewhat mismanaged. And by better managing those two parts of my life, no question about it, I'd get a bump. And I know that it would accelerate my life plan for sure. But clearly, when you look at the big five, I too am a relational person and I could not imagine even living on earth without relationships. There's no reason to even have the experience, none. And so I do give it in a sense, on some levels, even more weight than anything else because 
that as spiritual beings in human bodies, we have to have that connection with others. And they can be a blessing. They can bring so much good and benefit and joy. I mean, going through being a grandparent, and I think of my four grandchildren, all so amazingly different. And each one brings a gift for me that I would not be who I am today without the gift that they gave. And they don't even know they're giving it because all they're doing is being themselves. And that's the whole thing. You see in the innocence of children that we lose as adults because we come become too smart. you know. But all they are is going out in the world exactly as they are. And that's the blessing. So should we not take a lesson from that too? Just be who we are. Yeah, be who you are. And bless other people. And how many times have we heard off-the-cuff comments from people that might say something about us and you go, really? And then you go, well, that's just who I am. They're looking at it, you got a gift. I have a gift, they're still like who I am. Well, how kind of gift is that? I'm just being who I am. So don't underestimate that with all the people around you. Be yourself and who they are in their genuine self as well will be a key part for sure. So that's all I have in closing, I think. (laughs) So this wraps up the big five. It does wrap up the big five. This also wraps up our first season. Almost. Almost. The first season. In our next episode, we're going to try to tie it all together. And then we might have a little something more after that. We're going to remain a little bit of a surprise for now. But hopefully, for our listening audience, that our entire process up to this point and how we've talked about life planning and how we've talked about these big five areas of your life, that if you simply attend to these areas, how impactful it will be for you achieving your life plan. And we really encourage you on the relationship front to make that a major focus, for sure. I'd agree. So thank you all for listening. We hope it's been beneficial for you, as it has been for me. Aries, again, thank you for your contribution, as always. Same to you, Mark. Wonderful. And we look forward to the next podcast. All right. Until the next episode. Some of the concepts and tools used in the process of helping you discover a more balanced and inspired life are provided by the Kinder Institute, Money Quotient, and The Strategic Coach. These may be referenced throughout different episodes of the podcast, and you can learn more about each of them in our show notes at hwph.org. You can also find more information about the work Mark and Aries do at sandiegowealth.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and available directly via email with feedback, questions, and more at us at hwph.org. Thank you all for listening.